solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, John, what do you think is more likely? Tim Tebow making the roster down in Jacksonville or Deshaun Watson staying in Houston? I got to go with Tebow, man. What? Tebow won, helped win uh, Urban Meyer two rings. And that was, what, 10, 15 years ago. And I'm mad at the Jacksonville Jaguars, by the way, because remember when he was released by the Broncos a couple years ago, they wanted to sign him as a quarterback, and he told them no. He wanted to sign in New York, which is by far one of the dumbest moves over the past decade because I do believe his NFL career would have been a lot better if he would have just signed with Jacksonville to become their quarterback. But with that being said, welcome into this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today Texans Wire, Cody Davis, and all my co-hosts. I'm just a regular guy, John, some sports guy, Hickman. Happy to be back with you guys. Sorry that we missed yesterday's show. However, Tuesday's show will be, you know, packed with a lot of different conversation. Uh, but first, I'm going to let you know about the NFL analyst, Brian Peacock, and former NFL Scott Matt Williamson, host of Locked On's Peacock and Williamson podcast every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL while covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, preview, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, especially on the Odyssey app. But yeah, I mean, we got a lot to talk about today. I'm happy you opened up the show with the Tim Tebow uh, or Deshaun Watson simply because people are really losing their mind right now about Tim Tebow and the possibility of him making a roster as a tight end and Honestly, who gives a damn? Like, that's not big news. We're in May. Cinco de Mayo is a few days ago. Relax. Do I think Tebow will actually make the roster? Honestly, no. Tebow has been out the league for a very long time. And when the last time we saw him try to play tight end, he looked pretty bad. But let's talk about the Houston Texans. Talk about Peter King. Uh, he feels that the Philadelphia Eagles will be the front runner for Deshaun Watson. And I want to talk about how the Houston Texans cannot afford to get fleeced. They've gotten fleeced in the Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, the uh, Javion Clowney deal. They got fleeced in the DeAndre Hawkins deal. They cannot afford to get a trifecta of getting fleeced. Also, Cody had an opportunity to speak with Cindy Robinson, the host of the Locked On Pack 12, here to talk about Davis Mills. What she believes we will get here in Houston. Last week, we talked to David Turner, former NFL scout, about Davis Mills. Now we get an opportunity to talk to the Pac-12, Locked On Pac-12, somebody who actually watched him more times than not. So that's going to be very interesting. Then we're going to end off our show with just getting some recap of that interview. But, Cody, first, Peter King, 3-1 odds, Philadelphia gets the, uh, the, the man here in Houston, Deshaun Watson, who desperately wants to be gone and really start his career over with a first start elsewhere. Um, he also has some other odds, other teams that could possibly get him, and his odds were kind of thrown up. What were those odds, Cody, before we talk about it? what, 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 what Where was Peter King going on this one? 
It was kind of crazy because Philadelphia and the Carolina Panthers were tied with the best odds to land Deshaun Watson at 3-1, followed by the Washington football team at 5-1. The Denver Broncos, who we all know, they are hell-bent on trying to get Aaron Rodgers. They came in at 6-1. And this one was really interesting, John. The Houston Texans coming in at 8-1. Peter King might be the only one in the world who still believe there is a relationship that can still be had between the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Of course, all of us here in the city of Houston, especially all of us here in the city of Houston, we know that ship has sailed. However, if Peter King wants to leave that door open, I'm going to say let him. And then the last remaining odds were the New Orleans Saints at 9-1 to one, and, of course, the Miami Dolphins at 10-1, to one, which I was very intrigued by that because we all know that it seemed like, especially before these allegations came out, it seems like the Miami Dolphins were trying to put themselves in a position where they was going to be the ones to get to Sean Watson. We don't know if that ship has sailed, but as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Carolina Panthers, according to Peter King, has the best odds of landing our disgruntled quarterback. I think for Philly, 3-1 odds is a good odd. Because when you look around the NFL, unless teams are wanting to move on from their young prospect that they maybe just drafted or is in year two, like the Miami Dolphins, uh, a lot of teams are pretty set at quarterback right now, at least for this upcoming season, which is why the discussion of Houston being the first team to draft a quarterback next year is very high and substantial because if you're Miami – and if you don't pull the trigger on bringing Deshaun this previous, this uh, immediate year, then do you think those quarterbacks coming out next year will be better than Tua after this season is done? If you're Chicago, you know, if if Justin Fields have a rough rookie year, you have to understand that he is still the quarterback that you traded up for the previous draft. So he gets an extra two years. Unless he completely stinks it up and a new regime comes in and you say, ah, this is not my guy. Same for Zach Wilson in New York. Same for, uh, you know, the whatever's going to happen with Trey Lance down. For, but if the immediate next year, none of these teams need quarterbacks. Houston needs a quarterback. And, and so that kind of leads me to the three to one odds from Philly is pretty high because they still need a quarterback. They are not sold on Jalen Hurts. Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco. I mean, is Joe Flacco up there? Nick Foles, Joe Flacco, right? Like Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco looks like Flacco from the replacements before he got good. I don't know if you remember that movie, but it's pretty bad. Uh, so I can see that being high. As far as everybody else, like the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule believes in in Sam Darnold. He had a quote last week that I thought was pretty powerful. He basically came out and said, why would we do any of these things? We just traded for Sam Darnold, and I believe in him. Something that I don't think Sam Darnold really has heard that much in the league. And plus, he's coming from a guy that is very incompetent as a head coach in Adam Gates, who should never be a, a head coach in this league again. If I look at a team like Philly, for instance, just for an example, if they trade a first-rounders, Philly has to give up more simply because your picks are not going to be prime picks. 
we're not sending Deshaun to a team that possibly is only going to win two to three or four games. We're sending him to a team that will win a few games, and that pick won't be that good. So we're going to get a couple of first, a few first-round picks out of you and a uh, some seconds, and you got to throw in the player. Just Houston can't afford to not get anything substantial back again. And I think we all know and believe that Houston has a much more competent front office that has an experience, 20-plus years, two decades of experience being a scout front office guy. And, and Nick Casario is getting his guys in, the guys that he trusts and works with. So that's also um, something good that I look forward to. They can't get flicked. And depending on the team that trades for Deshaun Watson, depending on that team's setup for the immediate future, year one, year two, and possibly year three of Deshaun Watson, that's going to depend. That's going to de- that's going to determine what Houston can get back. Well, John, when you talk about the possibility of the Texans not getting robbed, first and foremost, I want to say I do agree with you. You, th- this organization now has a competent general manager in Nick Casario and the deals that we saw over the past what two years when you take a look at Jadavion Clowney of course everyone's most hated trade the DeAndre Hopkins trade which is part of the reason why the Texans are in this predicament today as as you and I speak I don't think that's going to happen however what I do want to say is this is why I say it's in their best interest to hold on to Deshaun Watson for another year because Let's not forget, when you're talking about trading Deshaun Watson, we still got to take into consideration the legal stuff that's going on right now surrounding him. And I know you and our guys over there at Texans Unfilter and some of the guys over at um, Sports Radio 610, ESPN Houston, like there are so many reporters who feel that there is a trade coming coming in the month of June, especially I think we are getting close to Deshaun Watson making a settlement in order to start putting this bad part of his life behind him. However, to that point, I do want to say, Good point, by the way, you know, because we are still awaiting news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday was a cutoff date that we were supposed to start hearing the more names, social security numbers, the whole nine of these, you know, accusers of whatever's going on with Deshaun Watson. And it's been fairly quiet, at least in the media, the past two weeks, which leads me to believe, Carter, not to interrupt you, but it leads me to believe that eventually we're going to start seeing this die down due to settlements. If Deshaun Watson was to settle within these next three weeks and we enter June and it seems like he has put that behind him, he still is going to have to go through what is the NFL is going to do with him. And John, I'm I'm under the impression that I don't see a team that's going to sell the form for Deshaun knowing that A, nine times out of 10, he's going to be suspended for the entire season or at least half the season to say the least. And two, out of these 22 lawsuits, the last thing you and I heard, two of those lawsuits did go to the Houston Police Department. So there is still questions surrounding whether or not this might become a criminal case or not. So that's why me personally, in my belief, I feel it's in the Texans and for Deshaun Watson as well. It's in their best interest to just hold on to Deshaun, let the NFL suspend him, put him on the commissioner exemplist or whatever the case might be. You hold on to him for another year. But John, what did you just finish saying? Whoever you trade Deshaun Watson to, and we all know this man is damn good. By, by worse, he's what? The fifth, fourth best quarterback in the league? 
whoever you trade Deshaun Watson to, he's going to make that team a playoff caliber team, which means, John, to your point, if we were to trade him before next offseason, the first round draft picks that we're going to get, especially for the 2022 draft, they are not going to be that good. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is they already held out once. They came and bite them in the ass, uh, you know, with the rumors of, and I, I definitely believe it. I don't think it's a rumor, but Houston having deals on the table and getting ready to move on from Deshaun before the news dropped, they can't afford to do it again. Take a couple of bets and make some money off of it. We bet online. AG, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You know, you got baseball season. They're in full swing and screw the Yankees. Like, just totally screw the Yankees. Bet Online provides all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC MMA action. And I also suggest you guys, if you had just, I don't know, $50 laying around, go put that $50 on Logan Paul. That's a nine-to-one odds. Florida Mayweather loses. And who's going to miss $50? You can do that on BetOnline.ag as well. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Don't forget to use promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And as promised, I am joined today by Cindy Robinson, the host of Locked On Pac-12, joining me today to discuss the Texans' newest quarterback, Mr. Davis Mills. Cindy, how are you doing today? And welcome to Locked On Texans. I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Cindy, thank you so much for joining me today here on Locked On Texans, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me here today. And I'm pretty sure you are aware of the drama and the nonsense that's going on between the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. And let me be the first one to say that it is very heartbreaking to say that we're going to go from a top five quarterback in this league to a quarterback that we know nothing about in Davis Mills. Cindy, as someone who actually covered Davis Mills during his time at Stanford, can you please share with the listeners what are your thoughts on Davis Mills as a quarterback? And also, do you or do you not feel that he's going to be the franchise quarterback that the Houston Texans will be seeking whenever they decide to move out of this Deshaun Watson era? Because, Cindy, let's be real here. We are talking about a guy who only played, what, 14 to 15 games during his three seasons at Stanford. I was going to say, you're not completely over with Deshaun. It's not completely done yet. You know, We are over. We're, we're just preparing ourselves. <laughs> okay, 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 fair enough. Um, You know, Davis is someone who has tremendous upside. Like, there's so much to look forward to with him. I know the fear right now is that there's not enough tape on him and that may look like it's not enough, not enough experience on his end, but his college coach, David Shaw raves about him. Um, from what I've seen, there's definitely stuff you can work there, work with there. And I mean, like, let's not forget, you still have Terod Taylor as a possible option. I don't know about the Ryan Finley situation, but Terod Taylor is still a good veteran, you know, and that's if that's someone that he can come in and learn under, even better. So here's the deal with Davis. He has the prototypical size. He's 6'4". He's big, strong body QB. Um, he's a natural thrower, quick twitch when he releases. Um, he has a good arm. He can throw the ball deep with ease. 
the few issues he has are more like awareness issue issues and vision issues his mechanics aren't a, aren't a problem and anything that i feel like deemed the issue can easily be worked on cindy from what you've seen from davis mills during his short college career do you believe if he is given the appropriate amount of time to develop here in the city of houston we will see the guy who was ranked as the number two quarterback coming out of high school because Cindy, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. As someone who not only covered the Houston Texans, but someone who also roofing them as well, it is actually a little bit scary knowing that the Texans used their first selection in this year's draft on a guy who has never played a full college season. And with that being said, before moving on, I do want to point this out that, one, I am not surprised that the Houston Texans used their first selection on a quarterback because, hell, you and I and everyone in the world knows the situation that's going on between Deshaun Watson and this organization. However, I kind of find it a little bit unfortunate that the Texans ended up with an unproven player like Davis Mills after being so close on either drafting Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond, two guys who I was extremely high on. And with that being said, Cindy, do you believe that Davis Mills can actually be a tremendous steal for the Texans? Because let's think about it. You're looking at a guy... If he would have stayed in college one more season, you're looking at a prospect who could have been a first-round pick in next year's draft. Okay, so then there's your plus right there, right? So all and he didn't wait, right? So right now the, the Texans got a possible first-round quarterback next year, a year earlier. They're able to work with him ahead of time. Obviously, there's some skill set there if you're already projecting him to be a top quarterback next year. Here's the positives that Houston can, um, you know, maybe woosah a little bit about is that you guys have Pep Hamilton and Pep is familiar with Stanford's style. Uh, obviously, he worked there as an OC and quarterback coach and he's familiar with Davis Shaw. And so like the transition for Davis Mills, I think, will be a lot smoother because of Pep. Um, He's raw, yes, he only has 11 starts under his belt, but he has the building blocks of a good quarterback. He was on a pro-style team at Stanford, and the plus with that is that they're not signaling from the sidelines. They actually allow him to call the plays in the huddles. He's making audibles. He's making changes during the game. So he has had that leadership already in him. Um, He's not a loud type of leader. He leads by example, but he can take control when necessary. And all the things that you can't teach, really, that aren't really stuff that, you know, you're, you want to teach or, you know, would like to at least, is like, it's already instilled in him. So those things you don't really have to worry about. The things you have to worry about all can be worked on. And you, like I said, you have Pep Hamilton to lead the way. You saw what he did with Justin Herbert. You saw what he did with Andrew Luck. I definitely think that Davis Mills could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I agree with you on the Pep Hamilton part, and that was one of the main reasons why I felt the Texans were going to draft a quarterback with their first selection in this year's draft because Hamilton has put together a really good track record working and developing with some of them some really good quarterbacks in this league however when you look at the main two I think we can all agree that Andrew Luck when he came into the league he was viewed as a generational quarterback and as for Justin Herbert he wasn't viewed as a generational talent but he was damn good from the very first moment he stepped foot on the NFL field 
However, flipping things back over to Davis Mills, another aspect of his arrival that has me a little bit concerned is his health. And that's part of the main reason why he only played 14 games in a three-year span. And a majority of that was due to the fact that he suffered a devastating knee injury during his final season in high school. Okay, so my counter for that is, yes, injuries happen and it's something to be concerned about. But David Shaw has pointed out that it's been two years of him being healthy. That's not as much of an issue as people want to make it to be. It's more of an issue because that's hindered him from having more game tape. And honestly, it's been COVID. And even somewhat, I would say, like the fire situation that happened in, um, in the Bay Area that kept uh, Stanford from actually being able to play more games this season. So it's that's not really the issue. The injury thing I wouldn't harp on because – a lot of players have injuries and you're not worried about them two two years down the line if they've been healthy that whole time, right? Correct, correct. And I'm glad okay. that you actually mentioned that fire situation because, of course, looking at Davis Mills, trying to break down his game, that's not really too much that you can actually break down and take away. However, that fire situation did mess up not only college stuff, but it also messed up stuff going on, I believe, with the 49ers and yes. stuff as well. So that is a very good point that you brought in. Um, Cindy, really quick before I let you go, I do want to ask you this. From what you have seen over this past season, of course, everyone goes back to that one major game that Davis Mills did have. From you personally, do you feel that Davis Mills has what it takes? I'm not going to sit here and say... Wait, what major game are you talking about? Is it the one versus UCLA? Yeah, the, the, the he only has one major game. I mean, dang, <laughs> dang. Okay, I'll say this. What we saw from the UCLA game, um, was it was the last game of the year, and... It's funny because I was watching highlights of it before we came on mm -hmm. because David Shaw did an interview with The Athletic, but he pointed out some great things about that game. It was Davis Mills' worst game and best game. And I think that one of the main things in a quarterback you want is composure. Now, Davis has his moments like where he'll panic and that's when he throws an interception or you know, like I said, that's the one thing he has to work on his vision. He stares um, his pass catcher down and makes it very obvious where he's going. And so that makes it easy for an interception. But the way he was able to turn around that game and, you know, fight through two, inter uh, two overtimes after throwing three interceptions, that speaks volumes to me because one, that shows he's a fighter. Two, he's able to keep going you know regardless of whatever adversity is thrown at him and again the composure aspect that's probably one of the biggest things you want in your quarterback if you can keep going after you know you've done crappy stuff and own up to it that was one of the biggest parts he owns up to like that was my fault and moves on he doesn't harp on it he's not taking the whole game to worry about dang i threw that and now i'm gonna throw another one and now and granted he did throw three <laughs> like almost back to back but you saw him recover from that. And I think that alone shows, you know, what he can do and what you can kind of look forward to. At the end of the day, his ceiling is high. He's not his best yet. And I definitely think that working with Pep is gonna be great for him and great for the Texans. Cindy Robinson, the host of Locked On Pack 12. Cindy, before I let you go really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Okay, so you can obviously follow Locked on Pac-12 at 
at LO underscore Pac-12 on Twitter. And then if you really want to follow me, I don't really tweet A as much <laughs> as I used to. I'm trying to get back into it, but um, I'm underscore Cindy Robinson. But once I get the keys to the Locked On Pac-12 handle, you'll I'll be on there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance, a big chain store, but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, probably my favorite discussion, do the New York Knicks have what it takes to make a real playoff run? Julius Randle balling like he is. He is an MVP candidate. Of course, he won't win, but he is balling out of his mind this year. R.J. Barrett taking a leap in his second year in Derrick Rose, man. The Rose from the concrete keeps on growing. I just love the way Tom Thibodeau has put this team together uh, on both ends of the ball. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app just like Locked On Texans, or wherever you get your podcast. Again, that was Cindy Robinson, host of Locked On Pac-12. John, the listeners, as you guys just heard, Cindy seems really high on Davis Mills. But, John, what, what, what bothers me the most about Davis Mills, and I know this is still a developmental project for the Houston Texans, but she pointed out something that you said from the very first day we drafted Davis Mills. You did not like the fact that he was a one-read quarterback. And we all know in 2021, you have to be, or, or any quarterback, regardless the year, regardless the era, you have to make sure that you know and understand how to make multiple reads. And, John, this is a negative that is starting to concern me because I'm starting to hear this. Not only did I hear this from you and Cindy, but I'm also starting to hear it from a lot of other people as well. Yeah, man, and the thing about it is, you know, having the conversation with David Turner uh, a little bit off of record, you know, we're just discussing football. College, college offenses are really, you know, set up 
to allow their quarterbacks to have these big windows to throw in. And uh, that often, like if you have a huge window, you really don't have to read any other thing on the, on the defense. Your guy's open. However, when those windows are not as wide as you want them to be in college, and when you have uh, a different defensive scheme that you're trying to read, we need to see you make those reads. And I didn't see that a lot. The Colorado tape was uh, good and bad. And the reason why I went to that Colorado tape was just because of the good and bad from it. So I looked at what, what he did was good. There was a beautifully thrown out route to where only the receiver can catch it. And I believe the out route is the hardest throw to make in the NFL, uh, simply because if you put it even a shade behind your receiver, it can go the other way for six. You got to put that thing on the money. And he threw a great pass. But throughout that game, it just seems like he was going where he was going no matter what the, the look was. And let me let me tell you guys something. For the people that are talking themselves into believing that he will have any immediate chance, day one, bearing any injury, go watch real film on him. He's not ready right now. He's a, he's a project quarterback, which is why, you know, I had an issue with taking a, a project anything with your first pick. But if you're going to roll with that, understand this. That's okay. Is it okay that they drafted him being a project quarterback or whatever they thought was going to happen day one? No, that's not okay, but we're past that. The draft was two weeks ago. We have to live with that decision. So it's okay to say, you know what? He may need to sit a while, even if it's halfway through the season. The good thing about this year is rookie OTAs, rookie mini camps. You're going to have a preseason. First and second and third year guys are going to actually have an opportunity to do something that they missed out on last year. So the entire Texan roster that is filled in very key positions with younger guys that we really need to see things out of, they're going to get an opportunity to go through a real offseason program, which I love. And he will benefit from it. But you know, he's just not ready to be a day one starter in this league right now. And if I'm wrong, I am wrong. And I am on record by saying, listen, I, I will walk back anything that I said that was disrespectful or out of line or just completely wrong because I was wrong. But I don't see it. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. We love you guys and we'll see you tomorrow. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.